Okie dokie. Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast once again. Thank you for tuning into the show. Doing a little uh, morning recording today, so I sound a little sleepy, but got my coffee, so. Anyways, if you listened last week, you know that the family and I were out in South Carolina. Well, we, uh, we made it home, back, safe and sound. We did uh, 12 hours in one shot with two kids, and they, they actually handled it really, really well. I mean, granted, there's heavy use of iPads and Nintendos, and some complaining of, are we there yet? But, uh, you know, they, they still did really well, I think. And I kind of think they're turning a corner in that aspect. I mean, they're seven and a half and four and a half. And they've always done pretty decent on long road trips. We've actually hammered out a few good ones in the past. But it always seems like they're, they're getting better. And they're getting much better at entertaining themselves in the car for a long period of time. And we actually only had 30 extra minutes of stopping on this trip. Total, that's it. Bathroom breaks, food stops, stuff like that. I mean, that's a, that's a win in my book. And I guess even at home, you know, I talked about them getting better in the car. Even at home, they're getting better too. Kennedy, my four-year-old, she's getting to that point of not needing that constant attention. So I can actually do things around my house, do things out in the yard. I was actually just doing yard work the other day and tending to my hot tub and and trimming some trees and stuff and she just kind of played outside and did her own thing and I don't really have to worry about her running out into the street into oncoming traffic or running off so I don't know that's pretty cool so see it's just like I always say it's temporary it's it does get easier with time so don't wish away all these moments because it'll change and it'll get better and it'll be easier So, all right, so let's do a little on this day today. I really wasn't going to do this. I didn't really see anything going on, but then I read a couple notables, so I figured I would kind of share them with you. First off, on April 15th, 1865, Abraham Lincoln died after being shot by Booth in Ford's Theater in D.C. And he actually didn't die right away. And I think I remember reading that when I was younger as a kid in school, but... He was shot in the head, and although he was shot with a 44 caliber Derringer, which is a small pocket pistol, if you know what those are, a 44 is still a pretty good-sized projectile, but it doesn't really have a lot of power in that little gun. So. so after Booth pulled the pistol out and shot him, he actually dropped it on the floor of the theater, and then he, you know, he jumped over the railing and yelled some things like we all know about, and then he took off. And the gun's actually on display in that theater, in Ford's Theater. And there's a bunch of mixed opinions on whether or not they should have a gun out on public display, you know, that's the murder weapon of what some people call the greatest president in history. So it's actually kind of uh, up for debate as to whether that gun should be there or not, or out for people to see anyways. And there are actually rumors, too, I was reading this, there are actually rumors that a good Samaritan doctor probed the wound with his finger trying to locate and remove the bullet so sounds kind of nasty supposedly he was sticking his finger in the hole and trying to like in someone's head right and trying to get the bullet out and that actually and he actually did the rumor is that he actually did more damage than good in doing that but then I read more and there was actually a study done proving that sticking your finger into a bullet hole really wouldn't be possible even with your pinky finger because 
the hole is so small and it's jagged and uh, uh, it's kind of gross, kind of nasty. But anyways, there's that rumor and I guess it's not true. I'll link some articles too in the, in the uh, description so you can kind of read this stuff. So, and he was only 56. I didn't realize that Lincoln was, I mean, I'm 40 almost 56 isn't that far away. I always imagined him as being a much older fellow especially looking at pictures and stuff like that. So, I don't know, interesting. All right, so next, April 14th, and ultimately into April 15th, 1912. Do you know what happened? Do you know what happened on April 15th, 1912? I think you should. But if you don't, well, the unsinkable, well, it was sinkable. I'm talking about the Titanic here. It struck an iceberg on its maiden voyage in the middle of the night, and it succumbed to the frigid water about three hours later. So it hit the iceberg late on the 14th, but it ultimately sunk on the 15th, which would be today. And more than 1,500 people went down with the ship. And the ship actually has 16, it, you know, they call it, they talked about it being unsinkable, and it was this amazing vessel. The ship has 16 sealable compartments, and it was actually designed to have four of its forward compartments completely flooded and still float. Well, the iceberg gash flooded six of those forward compartments, and, well, we know what happened. It did not float, right? And once the crew realized the ship was going to sink, they started getting people into lifeboats, which presented another problem that you probably know about. I guess according to Wiki, the lifeboat system was actually designed to ferry people from the ship to safety back and forth, right? It was loaded up, take it to land or another boat, and then come back and get another load. So it was it was not designed to hold all the passengers at sea until help arrived. So yeah, kind of a big problem here. Um, there were only 20 lifeboats and 2,200 plus people, so that doesn't really work out. Over a thousand people were still actually on board, according to Wiki, when it sank. So those people didn't even get off. And actually the ones that jumped ended up drowning, or they died due to shock from the cold water. I mean, frigid, frigid cold water, right? We've all seen uh, Titanic, the movie. Jack! I'll never let go. I promise. I mean, it's been, it's been over 100 years, and I just, uh, I can't imagine. Brand new ship, maiden voyage, all these people, the excitement, and I don't know, you're very privileged, I suppose, if you were on this ship. And then literally, bam, you hit an iceberg. And then you're overcome with fear and panic and trying to survive. And all you see is darkness and nothing around for miles in the middle of the night. I just, I don't know. That'd just be a freaky, freaky situation. And we all probably have those moments too. Those feelings, you know, when you, you're taking an airplane somewhere and it starts to descend for a landing. And your stomach gets all flip-floppy and you're, it feels like you're falling. And you might have that moment where you feel like some shit's going to go down, right? I, I do. I always kind of be like, oh, here it is. Here it comes. Something bad's going to happen. I don't know why, but, and it doesn't, thank God. But I always have those feelings. So I can just imagine that those people on that boat had a bunch of those feelings. So just brutal, pretty, pretty brutal. And the size of the Titanic is kind of crazy to me too. I mean, it's a big ship, right? It was the biggest ship of its day, almost 900 feet long, could carry 2,400 people, and it sounds big. It is big, but 
in today land, uh, modern cruise ships are as big as 1,100 feet long and can carry 5,000 people. There's actually some pictures I was looking at online, and it compares a, a modern cruise ship to the Titanic, and it's just the size difference is quite staggering. So has anybody been on a cruise? Do they all live up to that hype? Would you ever take a cruise on a replica Titanic? I actually heard someone was building one quite a while ago, and I don't know if it ever got done. I don't know why I ask questions when I have answers at my fingertips, literally. So, Anyways, some Australian mining billionaire politician guy is having a Titanic 2, Titanic number 2 built in China. And it, should be and it should be done sometime this year, 2022. He plans to actually take it on that same ill-fated journey that the original one sunk on. So uh, I don't really know if I would be down for that ride. But it'll have modern tech, so I guess that's kind of a bonus. They probably won't run into any icebergs. Maybe they all melted from global warming. I don't know. And you can look at photos of the number two on allthingsinteresting.com. I'll link it, of course, so you can check it out. And they're actually building it. So it is an exact replica. Staircases, you know, mess hall where you eat, some of the cabins, all that stuff. Super accurate. So it actually looks really cool. It looks like it's almost done. So so uh, we'll have to uh, come back to that when the thing actually sets sail. All right. So sorry. I uh, always get into this talking about really negative or sad stuff. And I don't mean to. It just... That tends to be the notable stuff in history, I guess. And I could really use some positive and happy stories. So a little bit of a palate cleanser. Got a couple sports ones for you. On this day, 1927, Babe Ruth. You probably heard of him, right? Well, he set an MLB record with 60 home runs in one season. So good for him. There you go, Mr. Ruth. Also the best candy bar, by the way, the Babe Ruth. It's, I'm just saying they're awesome. Love them. All right, lastly, uh, 1947, Jackie Robinson became the first African-American to play MLB. He played for the Dodgers, so there you go. The more you know. All right, moving on here. So what I actually wanted to talk about today was, I don't know if I've talked about it before. I may have touched on it, but that was excess or living in excess, buying in excess. And what brought all this into my overanalyzing brain was my vacation that I just went on. As well as me mentioning that I'm cheap in the last week's show. Which, yes, I'm cheap. I'm still cheap. But let me explain my thought process here. I know it's all fun and exciting to buy new things. There's a little bit of an adrenaline hit when we do. I think we can all admit that. And actually, maybe that's why... Wealthy people or celebrities buy a lot of fancy things. They have everything that they could want in their life. Mansions, boats, cars. And maybe they keep buying things and doing things because they get that adrenaline hit or whatever when they buy something and it makes their lives more exciting, right? And we do it for that same reason as well. But do we do it for ourselves more or... Is there some other underlying reason that we do it to maybe impress other people or to keep up with the, the Joneses, as we've all heard? By the way, who are the Joneses and why are we all trying to keep up with them? I actually think it was a comic strip from the 30s or 40s, if I remember right. But anyways, so we went on this trip 
we stayed at this really nice three-bedroom condo I talked about already. Three bedrooms, three bathrooms, kitchen, living, you know, the whole shebang. Small, but it was nice. And my daughter even said that it was it was nice. She liked it. She liked that she had a bathroom attached to her bedroom. She thought that was pretty cool. And then I just kind of had this realization when we were there. And I was like, hey, this is a this is a place we could live. This place fits our family. It's pretty easy for the four of us to coexist here. We don't need much more room than this. So then I thought to myself, are we living in excess at home? And I kind of know we are, and there's a lot of people in this country that are. But with our 4,000 plus square foot house, two stories, a basement, you know, it's all finished, attached three-car garage. It has rooms that I don't typically go in. It's got a basement that I hardly go in. And it's very nice. I, I love my house. I really do. And so I'm not trying to shame anyone for having nice things or, or even self-shame for, for having a nice, a nice house. I mean, it's great. It's great to have nice things, but it just makes me really appreciate what I do have, I guess. And it makes me aware that maybe sometimes we're not living above our means, but we're actually living above our needs. If that makes sense. We don't need this big of a house. Sure. We could have bought something smaller for some much less money when we moved here and then maybe reinvested the, the money we had into something else, but it, people don't typically do that. It seems like we buy the max that we can afford, right? And I guess sometimes there's a long game there as well. We actually bought this house intending on selling it in two years, to be honest. We were planning to move right back to Vegas as soon as my wife's contract was up. So we bought a house that we thought would easily sell or even go up in value. So there's, you know, some of that plays into this too. And I don't really know where I'm going with all this. I don't, I don't really have any personal lessons to bestow upon you or any, any tips or anything. It's just, just thoughts. I was just thinking about it and I figured I'd talk about it. So then I asked to ask myself, am I trying to personally, am I trying to keep up with the Joneses? I mean, I don't think I am, but on a subconscious level, maybe I am. Maybe I'm trying to impress my friends and my family to kind of show people, hey, look at where we are in our lives. Look at look at the things we have. And this goes beyond just houses. It goes into the smaller things, more down to the stuff that people see, that random people see with cars and the way we dress and and things like that. And I know in the last show, I actually mentioned that I drive a pretty old pickup. By today's standards anyways, it's you know, it's 20 years old. So I don't really think I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses there. Uh, I drive an old truck, so I don't think that's the case. And I'm, I'm happy with driving an old truck, but my wife and I have actually been talking about replacing it. You know, it's getting pretty old. It's, it's kind of getting worn out on the inside. And here's where maybe buying things that we don't need kind of comes more into play. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the current vehicle that I drive. It's actually in pretty good shape. I mean, some stuff's starting to wear out, but for its age, it's it's not it's not doing too bad. And we've actually been looking at new trucks and SUVs, but everything is just so expensive. It's just wild. And I actually found one that I really really like. It's a 2021 Tahoe. It's got the the little Duramax diesel in it. It's got all the fancy stuff. It's all-wheel drive and it's got leather and the entertainment in it. it it's lowered. It's red. It's got some nice 22-inch black wheels. 
it actually looks really, really sick, and I really, really want it. And it has that diesel engine in it that gets 30 to 33 miles a gallon, and that's that's really the big reason that I kind of like it. It's a full-size SUV, and it gets really good mileage, you know, especially with the way fuel prices are going here lately. But uh, guess what the price is on it? It's $78,000. Like, I just, it's just crazy. It's just the cost of new cars anymore is just mind-boggling. And it's a depreciating asset, too. So it's just going to go down, like, as soon as I buy it, it's going to be worth less and less and less. And doesn't that sound like such such a waste? I mean, it's very nice. Like I said, I want it. I, I really do. But it will do the exact same thing my current truck does. I mean, it'll do the exact same thing a $35,000 SUV would do, something that's half the price. So, yeah, maybe in some way I want it to to look good in it, to keep up with the bougie zip code that I live in here in Indiana. I want my buddies to tell me how sweet it looks and stuff like that. But do I need it? No, sadly, sadly, I don't need it because I have a perfectly good vehicle in the garage. But now it just kind of sounds like I'm being cheap again, isn't it? And I used to really see the, the fancy car thing more so, the bouginess out in Vegas when I lived out there. There would be people driving very, very nice cars, expensive stuff. And then they would live in, you know, just a regular house or a kind of in a in a rough part of town or their house wouldn't be that nice and I guess maybe I'm being judgmental but it's all about impressions I think where do most people see you at they see you on the road they see you behind the wheel of your nice car rolling up at work uh, pulling into shopping somewhere and you want to impress people I think that's a that's a deep down you know subconscious thing that we enjoy doing not many people see where we live, honestly. Our family does, and our friends, and that's about it. And I guess it's probably like that all over the place. And I guess, honestly, that's okay. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know where the hell I'm going with this, but we like to buy new things. We like to make ourselves feel good because we like them. We we all have taste. Just like I think that $78,000 SUV is badass, and I really want it really bad. But And this even goes down to an even smaller scale. I know I mentioned that we're pretty frugal, let's say. And aside from our hot tub, actually, we just bought a new TV and a new media console, which actually the TV is giving us the fits right now. It's like flashing the screen and it's starting to piss me off and we're probably going to take it back to Costco and that's a whole nother deal. So it's irritating. But was there actually anything wrong with our old TV? No, not at all. It worked just fine. We just decided to go out and upgrade it, I guess because we wanted to, because we like having new, nice things. We went from a, a perfectly fine 52-inch TV, and then we jumped up to this giant monster of a 75-inch TV, because it feels good. Out with the old, and in with the new. And I mean, our old TV was eight years old, but it still worked just fine. So I don't know, maybe I'm trying to keep up Either way, in all this self-proclamation, I started searching and reading articles, of course, like I always do, back to the articles, right? I know maybe you guys like those, maybe you don't. But I found this older article on why we buy things we don't need. And it talks about this guy named Diderot and the Diderot effect. Now, Diderot was a philosopher, and he was actually the co-founder and writer of the most comprehensive encyclopedia of the time. This is back in the 1700s. 
But even though he was well-known, he was not wealthy. He was actually quite poor. And then uh, some things happened. If you want to read it, I'll link it. But some things happened, and he fell into some money, and that kind of opened the door for him to buy things. And then the new items didn't really coincide with his old items. And Diderot actually stated himself, no more coordination, no more unity, no more beauty. Meaning that his new things did not match his old things. And he felt the urge to buy more new things to match the beauty of his, I don't know what it was, it was a fancy robe he had bought. So, so meaning he bought a new thing that did not coordinate with his old thing. So now there was no more unity and he believed that there was no unity, there was no beauty. So, And all these reactive purchases have come to be known as the Diderot effect. So the Diderot effect states that obtaining new possessions often creates a spiral of consumption, and we end up buying things that we never really needed just to feel happy or fulfilled. And I think this is something that everyone kind of falls into. I think it's actually impossible not to fall into it. I mean, I kind of just did with buying this new TV. Then we got a TV stand. And then we need to hang the TV. So I got to buy a, a mount to hang the TV. Well, now we got to buy a sound bar for the TV. And then maybe some new decor. Or maybe a PlayStation 5 to play media. Anyways, you get the point. It kind of snowballs, right? And all those things I didn't have with my old TV. My old TV was just a TV on a cheap stand from Wayfair. So, And I really see this too with our kids and their toys and sometimes their clothes. You know, you got to oh, buy my daughter a dress, and then, oh, well, now she needs a new pair of shoes to go with the dress, and oh, now she needs some tights to go under the dress, you know, and it just kind of, you, it keeps, like, feeding it like a beast. The article goes on and says, life has a natural tendency to become filled with more. Our natural inclination is always to accumulate, add, and upgrade. It's always going up, 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 right? It never, rarely goes down, unless you're Elon Musk, I think, he moved to Texas, and he's living this, like, crazy minimalistic lifestyle in, like, a container house or something. So how do we combat this? How do we, uh, how do we, how do we fight back, I guess? Well, it says more and more things are always fighting to enter our lives. So we need to understand how to curate, eliminate, and focus on the things that actually matter, that we actually need. And actually, the more I read the help section in this article... I'm beginning to think it's geared towards people that have a shopping addiction, almost. It says find triggers, cancel commercial emails, cancel shopping magazines, don't meet friends at the mall. Um, I don't know. It's uh, Some people may have issues in that department, but it's kind of a riot. Like, don't go shopping, don't go to the mall, don't meet your friends for coffee at the mall because you're going to buy something. So it's probably a legitimate problem with some people, but that's not really the aspect I was trying to get into. Some things that they do talk about that I like, though, was if you buy something, then try to give something away. So kind of prevent yourself from becoming that hoarder that is apparently living inside of all of us. I bought a new TV. I should look at getting rid of my old TV. Or I bought a new pair of shoes. I should go into my closet and get rid of an old pair of shoes. Does that kind of make sense? It also says let go of wanting things. We always have this urge to want things. There will always be something to upgrade. And it's okay not to have the newest, best thing. It's okay not to have a, a brand new car all the time. It's okay that your car is a few years old. It's okay that your 
that your phone is a few years old. I actually still have an iPhone 8, and they're on 13s now. So most of the time, it's it's uh, it's cheaper to repair and maintain your current car than going out and buying a brand new one. In in my case, my my 20 year old truck versus uh, a seventy eight thousand dollar SUV. I just put about two thousand dollars into my pickup. That was tires and suspension and other stuff. And hopefully it will last me, you know, another 50,000 miles with those parts. So much cheaper than 78 grand. And lastly, in my opinion, it's okay to want and to buy things. There's nothing wrong with it. If you can afford it and you enjoy it, I mean, you only live once. I mean, hashtag YOLO, right? And all the kids are saying that. And something actually could possibly happen that cuts things short for us or changes our path. So by all means, if you're able and it'll make you it'll make you happy or provide your life with enjoyment or whatever that may be, then just just do it. Just like trips I talked about last week. Do things, experiences, do it while you can. We're not here long, so Maybe in a future show, I'll actually be able to tell you about this uh, sick truck that I bought at some point. So we we shall see. And it kind of goes in with our kids, too. Uh, might as well. Stay-at-home dads. I might as well wrap in something about children. There might be a, a, some sort of life lesson here that we can teach our kids that we don't always need to surround ourselves with the, the newest, best, most amazing things. My daughter... We just gave her a Nintendo DS on this trip. It's an old DS, though. It's like my wife's from 12 years ago. Yes, we could have gone and gotten her a Nintendo Switch, which are, what, 300 bucks, and they're pretty sweet. But we gave her this one, and we, we've got plenty of games for it, and she's super excited. And uh, she knows it's not new because she's seen the DSs at the at the Target and stuff like that. But she's, she's happy with it, so... Maybe uh, maybe there's a little uh, lesson to be taught there to our kids with all this as well. All right, that's about all I have in today's episode of Stay at Home Dad's Podcast. Like I said, I just had a few thoughts, and I didn't really know where the show was kind of going. Not much for life lessons and uh, tips and stuff, but now you can say you know who Diderot was, right? You can, uh, fun, a little fun fact for you there. Anyways, reach out to me on podbean.com or through social media and let me know what you think. Do you have a problem with spending money and upgrading stuff or you're always kind of in that mode? Trouble staying humble with what you currently have? You know, let me know. And if you have anything else that you want to talk about or you want me to talk about, please uh, shoot me a message and let me know what those are as well. Also, like always, tell your friends, tell your family, they can get this podcast on all the major streaming platforms. I'd like to grow this. I'd like to uh, get more listeners, get more people to uh, hear my wonderful voice. And uh, if I can relate with two people out there, then then I'm happy. So anyways, that's it. Now go buy yourself something nice and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.